So on this episode of the Coach Mike podcast, uh, I felt like it was my responsibility to bring to you someone that can give you real facts of their own experience. There's been so much hype, reaction, news, media, chaos around this coronavirus. And it becomes really hard for me, and I'm sure for you, to understand what is going on and how to best assess your life because there's so much reactivity right now. You go into a grocery store, they're out of items because people are taking them. They're taking toilet paper, they're taking cleaning supplies, businesses are shutting down. You can't go into these huge settings where there would be people interacting with each other. You know, I'm in Los Angeles and all of a sudden last night we find out that clubs and restaurants have to shut down by midnight. No warning. No, hey, you have a few days to kind of gather your belongings. It's things are shut down at midnight. I run a treatment center where we work with people who struggle with depression, anxiety, alcohol, and drugs. And we've set ourselves up so that we're able to provide services if we have to shut down our business because these are people who actually need help. These are people who struggle with isolation. And I know some of you listening right now may be feeling anxiety. And I think I'm going to be able to relieve that and give you a little more hope by you listening to today's episode. I'm not going to have all the answers for you, but I am going to ask questions and get you feeling like you are experiencing what it's like for someone else to experience having the coronavirus. Because my guest today, Matt Crass, who's a music teacher, got diagnosed last week with having it and is currently with his his family being quarantined in New City, New York. And he's been generous enough to let me and you know what his signs and symptoms were, how he's currently being treated, what his hope is, and how you like him, can take care of your friends and family. So I welcome you today's guest, Matt Crass. So talk to me a little bit about uh, just your overall process. When when did you end up getting diagnosed with the coronavirus? Well, I was, I was tested on Tuesday, and as, as you said, it's correct. I, I woke up Tuesday morning, just this past Tuesday, March 10th, with uh, some chills, and uh, that made me want to take my temperature because I, I don't usually get that. Um, and the temperature said 99.6, which for me uh, is definitely something of a red flag. I'm usually below, my temperature is usually in the 97s. So when it came up 99.6, I popped a couple of ibuprofen, and um, that started helping right away. But I, uh, I got got on the phone with my doctor's office as soon as they opened, and I said, I need to get in to be seen. Uh, and they said, sure. So I got in there at 11 in the morning, and um, they swabbed me for strep. They swabbed me for the flu. And they said, though, though I'm not a, a person of interest for coronavirus, um, they wanted to test me for that anyway because I'm a music teacher, and I've been a lot of, a lot of different schools in a lot of different counties here in the New York area and in New Jersey. Uh, so they said, um, in, in the odd chance that you picked up something, we would like to find out. So they, they swabbed me for that as well. And sure enough, uh, two days later, Thursday evening, I got a call back from the doctor saying that it tested positive. 
Wow. And so just rewind it a little bit for me. In terms of you taking your temperature, did you have in your mind that it could have been the coronavirus when you decided to, you know, see the doctor? Or was it more just because you had never kind of felt this way in a long time? Um, it was in the back of my mind that it could be that. Uh, one, of the, one of the towns that I work in, one of the schools that I work in is in the town that has become something of an epicenter of the outbreak here in New York called New, the town's called New Rochelle. Uh, now the school that I work in is not that actual school that, uh, that it began in. I believe there was a, a lawyer who attended something and he was, he was kind of a patient zero. Uh, but I, I don't know who that person is and I don't know the people that have, um, that have gotten sick because of him. Um, so, but I do work in a, in a school that's uh, within maybe a half a mile radius. So I had that in the back of my mind, like maybe this is it. Um, but I had not. I, I really didn't have anything else to go on. I, yeah. I, I knew that the symptoms, the symptoms that I had, were not a whole lot of symptoms, and they weren't matching up a whole lot with what I was reading on um, on the news. Um, but I still had a little hint in the back of my mind. Maybe maybe this could be something. Um, so I needed to get it checked out. Had you ever felt this way before? Uh, well, I had maybe had the flu. I mean, so I, I get a flu shot every year, and I had had my flu shot this year. So part of me thought it felt like a little bit like the flu, the fever and the chills. Mm -hmm. uh, but that that didn't seem quite as likely because I did just get my flu shot, you know, in, in the uh, earlier in the winter. So that uh, that left me with a little bit of a question mark, thinking, what could this be? Um, so, and so, yeah, I mean, because I think a lot of people um, are pretty confused themselves around, you know, what to find as being symptoms, because it seems there's just been a wide variety out there in terms of symptoms. So that's why, you know, I think just understanding a little bit. Um, about your symptoms, you know, just maybe would be able to help people out there also uh, be able to best assess themselves, you know? Yep. Yeah. I mean, my, I feel like my symptoms were so mild and um, I've been hearing from other people with symptoms, you know, ever since I, I went uh, public with this, as it were, uh, people have been coming to me on social media and sending me messages saying, this is what I've got going on. I've got um, this symptom and that symptom, and I just don't know what to do. And what what do you think I should do? And should I call your doctor? And who is your doctor? And um, do they have tests? Uh, so I, I I realize how uh, I, really lucky I am that the symptoms I had were were just that's this mild. And also, I mean, it's a little it's a little astounding these days to hear that somebody with the symptoms that I had actually got tested because I, I gather that people are not being tested for, you know, things unless there are symptoms that are um, more closely matching what I'm hearing in the news. So it was just kind of like, it was almost like you just had kind of a mild fever and uh, anything with kind of your breathing or? Nothing. My breathing was fine. I was not coughing, um, didn't have so much as a sniffle. Uh, he, he looked in my throat and said that my throat was red, mm. but my throat was not hurting. Um, Interesting. I think my ears were clear. 
he listened to my uh, my breathing. I think that my lungs were clear. He didn't mention anything about that. Uh, so, I, yeah, as I as I say, it's it, it's a little astounding to to find out that someone with mild symptoms like that was tested. And how how did you, you know, I know a lot of people are even having trouble figuring out a doctor that has a, a test kit to to find out if someone has you know the coronavirus. Is this one of those rare doctors who has this testing equipment, or how how did you how did you figure that out? Well, so I was there on Tuesday. Well, mm-hmm. this is what the doctor told me. He said that that day that I was there was the first day that they were doing tests because only the day before, on that Monday, did they receive their tests. Um, I'm not sure where they received them, uh, but. Uh, oddly enough, when I started talking to my county's Department of Health, they were unaware that the doctor's practices were were doing tests. Wow. So I thought there was, yeah, so a little bit of broken telephone as to who is <laughs> who is heading all this up, and I don't know. I don't know where the test came from. Um, so uh, you were just fortunate enough to come in on a day that the test was actually there. Yeah, exactly, and I gather. Obviously, if I was there the day before with these symptoms, it wouldn't have there wouldn't have been any tests to do. And if I was there any time after that, I think they were probably starting to be inundated with people with much more severe uh, issues, and I probably wouldn't have gotten tested. So it was really kind of being in the right place at the right time. Do you, do you have any idea how many tests your doctor had? No. When he called me back, though, on Thursday, the Thursday night that he told me I was positive, he said we had we had done eight tests. And you were the first to come back with a positive. I'm not sure if they did any more after that. Um, and I'm not sure if any of the other people they tested came back positive. But I, I gathered that nobody else tested positive because I haven't heard of anyone else in my town that <laughs> that had uh, come down with a positive. At least not yet. And what was the, the form of the test? I think you went in there twice, right, to get tested? That's right. Yeah, when I was there uh, Tuesday morning... They did a, um, a, a swab in my nostrils, in each nostril, uh, with something like a Q-tip sur- uh, surface on the end of it. And then they called me back later in the afternoon to say uh, that wasn't the right kind of test. Um, I guess they had to re- they had to re-swab me with uh, something else. So they they had me come back in after business business hours that Tuesday to do a different swab and this was with more like a like a pipe cleaner kind of uh, surface on the end of it and they did it again in my nostrils I've also heard um, that the test is actually supposed to be in the nostrils and in the throat so both both uh, cultures are supposed to be taken but I didn't have I did not have any uh, coronavirus uh, swab done in my throat and what was, how soon after the test did you get the result? It was, uh, it was about 48 hours. I was, and even though I was told it was going to be, I should expect it to be three to five days, uh, in, within two days it came back. Wow. And where were you when you heard this news? Uh, I was sitting watching TV with my kids and I, <laughs> I picked up my phone. I said, hello, doctor. And then I ran, I realized that my kids had heard me say that. And I just ran right out of the room because I didn't want to alarm anybody. Mm. Um, and then he said, sure enough, you, you came back positive and 
that was enough to uh, to startle the kids into saying, "Who is that? What's going on? What, 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 who are you talking to? What's going on?" And and you so right when you found out, you were, was your wife home as well? Because you have a wife and a few kids, right? What are the ages of your kids? Yeah, my wife and my three kids. The oldest one is eleven and nine and five. And did the kid did the doctor recommend that the kids get tested right away? No. Um, the only thing he said about them was that they were going to have to now maintain the, the quarantine uh, for fourteen days. Now, in the beginning, when I got, after I got tested, I was told that I'd need to be quarantined until I found out uh, a diagnosis. And then he said. When he called with the positive diagnosis, he said, you're going to have to be in for 14 days. Uh, and symptoms, what's more, you're going to have to be symptom-free for seven days before getting tested again. You have to have two tests done at that time, 24 hours apart, which uh, show that you're negative in order, to be, uh, in order to be cleared to go back to work. Wow. What has it been? How has it been once you you got diagnosed? I mean, who'd you talk to about it? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, it was a big. Uh, so it was kind of a big shock, but then it kind of wasn't because my my wife and I had um, had been talking about it in the couple of days since I got tested. So so we all were thinking in the back of our minds, this this phone call could come back and it could definitely be for real. Um, so it wasn't like I was not really blindsided uh, by that phone call, but um, I'm certainly certainly my kids were, and they had no idea leading up to this that anything was amiss. Um, I will say that I was in the, in the days since I got swabbed before I found out, I was walking around with a thermometer, uh, sticking it in my kids' ears, saying, "Hey, everybody, feel okay?" And everybody did, thank God, and and nobody had any temperatures. No one had any symptoms except for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will also add that my symptoms only lasted for about a day and a half, and then, and then nothing. Uh, it's been four, four or five days now with with no symptoms at all. Um, but what I what I first did was I had to contact the uh, the kids' schools because we now we're not allowed allowed to send them back to school. So I called principals and I um, I let them know that I had tested positive, and they uh, promptly shut down the schools for the next day. They, they sent out messages and phone calls that night, which uh, kind of makes me think that I single-handedly shut down the kids' school district, which is, which is really uh, true. Um, and they, haven't, they have not reopened. Um, and then uh, all the places of business that I had been to uh, in the past couple weeks, I had to reach out to them too. Uh, so they started to uh, send emails out to their their communities and um, letting them know that uh, a member of the staff had tested positive. So the uh, the the directive as to what what they were supposed to tell their their communities was something that kind of changed over the over the, the maybe the 24 hours since I heard my diagnosis. At first, the Department of Health told me that any place that I had been 20, 24 to 48 hours prior to my symptom, which would put it back to last Sunday or Monday, any place that I'd gone to Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, those people needed to start quarantining because they were at risk. Then later on, later that day from the health department, they told me that their information that they got changed 
And it was no longer 24 to 48 hours prior to my symptom. It was now just the day of my symptom. So anywhere where I was on Tuesday, those people needed to quarantine. But uh, fortunately, the only place I went on Tuesday was to my doctor's office, and then I came right home, and I didn't go out again. Well, you're and, and you're a you're a music teacher, so you're around a, a lot of uh, children, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there might be I don't know a thousand kids that I see a week. Um, so a lot of um, so a lot of finger pointing started happening in the communities, and I realized that to try to remain anonymous, which is which is kind of first what I wanted, just to remain anonymous not have everyone say, oh, there's that guy that's COVID-19. Yeah, but when you when you say to that point, when you say finger pointing, like what did the finger pointing look like? Or you, what did you hear? So it looked like, uh, well, there was social media mentions of, um, of a family member in my community with kids at uh, these various schools. My, one of my kids goes to a middle school and the other two go to an, the elementary school. So there were people trying to piece together, well, could it be this person or it could be that person or, um, you know, who, who is it and who do we need to watch out for? Um, so I felt, I felt that finger pointing starting to go on there. And then on all the places that I work, which is not, not in my community, I don't really do much work in my very own uh, town, uh, but I do some work in, uh, in the city. I should I should add it's not New York City that I live in it's called New City, which is a suburb northwest of New York City. Got it. So I but I do but I do work in New York City. I do work in uh, the county across the river from me, which is Westchester County, and I do some work in New Jersey. So all these places starting to send out um, messages, and then they're they're getting back to me saying, you know who who is it? Can we can we name you? Can is it okay if we uh, aren't so anonymous with you. And I said, um, what was that like for you? Yeah, well, it was, a uh, it was a little scary. I mean, I, I'm protective of my kids and I wouldn't want, uh, to have this one name out there of my kids' teachers and then start thinking, Ooh, this person could have gotten my kids sick. And Ooh, what if I, you know, get my hands on you? So, um, so I realized really quickly that I had to get ahead of this in front of this and um, it was it was just to, to remain anonymous was just futile uh, so I I put together this uh, this public Facebook post and I put it out there telling my whole story and um, I said I, I'm the person it's it's someone in in your community and it's not some foreign uh, invader I'm I'm you know I live here too um, and this is how easy I must have gotten it so um, so you should all take care to not get it yourself. And how was that? You posted that on Facebook. How, how was the response to that? Oh, uh, uh, just uh, mind blowing. Um, I'm, I'm just going to look real quick. As of right now, it's been shared 432 times and it has 632, uh, reactions to it. 364 comments, which I mean, I have never in my wildest dreams thought that anybody would, uh, you know, respond that way. But, um, but people are saying, uh, pe- people, I don't even know people from, um, like one or two levels of sharing it out are saying, you know, we we're just here for you. And it's so good to hear your story and you're so brave for sharing it. And, um, it's nice to see a face to, to this issue. So thank you. So to, to know that I'm doing and, that, it's just, it's, 
so it's only it's only it's only been positive, or is or have some people been? No, it. No one, to my knowledge, has done any, said anything negative. Uh, everything has really been uh, positive. Wow, that's so great to hear. And how how are you feeling now? And how is the family feeling? I'm feeling fine. This is day five that I w- I've been waking up with no symptoms, and hopefully it stays that way. And desc- yeah, and describe for me your light. You're in the basement, right? Yes. Yeah. I spend, I spend most of my time there. I mean, I do come up. I, they're, they're not like leaving a tray of food outside the door there. I do come up and have meals, but I try and just keep my distance from them. Yeah. And what, what have you been advised in terms of how long you're contagious? Um, so actually, you know, different things from different people. And I will say that I'm not sure what to believe when someone who, uh, according to Facebook, is a doctor, and they reach out to me in a private message and say, well, since it's been five days, you're probably in the clear. Um, and then someone else I talked to says, oh, no, you, you, could, you could be, uh, it's, it's a 14-day um, incubation period, so you know, your kids might have something and, and you just won't know yet. So there's no, there's no, there's no like special test group you're a part of where there's been like a medical team that's like you're one of those numbers that they're looking at and they're checking in with you? Well, so I have, so today is only Monday and the last time, um, the first and only time that I was talking to the County Department of Health was this past Friday. I guess they weren't, they weren't reaching out over the weekend. Um, and they had actually sent somebody to my home today, not to, uh, not to find out how I'm doing necessarily, but that was more to be an enforcer to make sure that we all, the five of us are where we're supposed to be, which is in the house. Um, there is somebody that I spoke to earlier this morning at the Department of Health uh, who I guess is going to be back in touch with me later um, just with an update. But, um, but no, I don't, get, I don't get the feeling that uh, there's anybody, you know, any, any group of doctors um, monitoring things. As far as I know, I think, there's, I think they're, they're kind of short-staffed and they're waiting for maybe reinforcements because uh, everything is just so new. Yeah, and you're because when your doctor let you know of you know having the coronavirus, it sounds like this isn't his specialty: infectious diseases. Would that is that true? That's, so that's correct. Yeah, he's an internist. And and so then does he then re- recommend you to an infectious disease expert, or is it kind of like, hey, just stay home and be quarantined? <laughs> uh, it was kind of the latter. He 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 didn't. So much as, and you know, by the time by the time that I got the phone call from the doctor on Thursday, I was already symptom free. So I don't think that he needed to, at least, you know, to my to my knowledge, he there wasn't any big push for me to be seeing another doctor or be in touch with another doctor for about infectious diseases because uh, I thus far haven't needed that. Um, so really, it, it was. Uh, I think it's out of my doctor's hands now, more into the county's hands with um, making sure that I'm staying quarantined. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's it's interesting though that there's no <clears throat> there's no like you know that I mean I guess I would think in the year 2020 we would have you know a medical group overseeing what's going on, so everyone that's di- you know that that comes up positive for the coronavirus is part of a study, so that they can best assess diagnose treat and 
it seems in this case with you, it's more like the enforcement is really making sure you're home so that you can't infect other people. Um, and that there's an assumption that perhaps after a few weeks, you no longer are contagious. Um, yeah, that's, that's a great point about the, um, about the oversight of this whole thing. Um, and I, I guess until I, until I hear anything different, I think it is, it is an assumption that when I'm, uh, symptom free for seven days, they can come and do those two tests within 24 hours. And, um, then they'll, they'll make that determination that I am good to go. So that's like crazy logic, like not from you, but just from the overall like governing body. Like it doesn't make any sense. You, you could be an incredible asset to any study and, you know, for, for there to be, you know, an infectious disease specialist for you to be one of those people that they could uh, talk to. Because like you said, when we look on the internet, A, it's really hard to believe. I mean, it's hard to know what to believe. And then right, B, right. B, it's like, um, does this apply to me? And then C, it's like, uh, what now? And, you know, you have a family, you know, you have children, you have a wife and, do, is there a process in, in which like they're going to be tested in at the end of this or that's uh that's a great question that we haven't fully gotten an answer to yet so as of friday they hadn't had an answer but i think um i think that depends on if anybody else in the family comes down with any symptoms mm -hmm. so thankfully nothing nothing so far in that in that neighborhood yeah i mean i think i think what's a little um like we were just kind of touching on is you know, your symptoms were fairly mild and, and thank God you actually did your part in terms of, you know, seeking help and figuring out what's going on because, uh, thank God you came in the day they happened to have tests, because if you didn't, uh, your symptoms would have gone away and you would have just been like, Oh, I man, food poisoning or, uh, exactly. Ate something funk. Like, was that going through your mind a little bit? Like, what did I have for dinner last night? <laughs> no, not really. Um, you know, it wasn't, there was nothing, there was nothing to, uh, COVID-19 about, about what I had, hmm. um, symptom wise. It was just, um, it was just my, just my temperature and my chills, um, which, which I knew it had to be, uh, something out of the ordinary for me. But, um, I mean, it, I didn't eat anything out of the ordinary and I knew I hadn't. Wow. And how's it been, how's it been away from your, your, you know, how do you, how do you tell your kids what's going on? Cause they're 11, nine and five. Yeah. yeah that, so that was, that was really one of the hardest things about all this was very, at the very beginning when I got that call and my, my kids literally started, um, started trying to uh, break down the, my bedroom door as I was talking to my wife and, um, and then they, you know, they, they figured out what this was. And I, um, I, I could see in my, my nine-year-old eyes, she was expecting me to probably keel over and die right there just because of what she's heard in the media and from her friends and stuff. So, um, that was, that was a tough one. She was very, there were lots of jitters and, uh, it took a good hour to calm things down, but I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I have been uh, symptom-free for so long and they've, they've seen me um, go about my 
business. Like I've, I've been down in the basement making uh, videos and sending them out to schools of, of songs. Um, and they've seen me at meals just looking fine, which I think is so necessary to know that uh, nothing terrible is coming of all this and everything will be fine. And has your perception changed at all since you've had the virus? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I realize that, uh, number one, it's, it's very likely, it's very easy to contract this and who knows where you, one would contract it. Um, the doc, what the doctor told me, um, I think when he was, uh, when he was giving me the diagnosis on the phone, he said, he said, yeah, it could be from one of the schools you went to, but it's also possible that you are walking down the street of New York city and somebody sneezed and that's how you got it. So there's really no telling. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would, I guess I would caution anybody if they think that you have to be in a certain place or in a crowd of people, that's, uh, that's not necessarily the case. Um, and I, but I also realized that just like my daughter learned that there's no need to freak out. Uh, there are just definitely precautions to take. Um, it's not a, fully in my case, it's not a death sentence. And um, there, are, there are definitely mild ways of, of getting this. How do you get groceries now and de- deliveries and? So, uh, so my wife, uh, God bless her. She she had a, a, a bout of meningitis uh, a couple of years ago, um, which just arrived from a. Uh, she had a, like a sinus infection and an ear her eardrum ruptured, which allowed the infection to seep into her brain. So, um, so she she had about a 50-50 prognosis as to whether she was going to make it through that. Wow. Uh, and I spent I spent a good five weeks with her in the hospital and rehabilitating after that. Um, so ever since then, that was 2018. Ever since then, she's been really really careful about every little sniffle and cough that that she hears from anyone in the family um, to go get uh, to go get checked out. So um, given the beginning of this. Um, all the media hype about the coronavirus, she said, what if we're, what if we're quarantined? We need to start stocking up. We need to buy mm-hmm. all this frozen stuff. We need to buy all these boxes of food. We need to buy all these cans, bottles of water, toilet paper, all this stuff. So she, she was a very early uh, adopter of all mm-hmm. the, uh, of all the buying in bulk. And, right. and she's really never stopped. She, we, we have, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the, um, the app that we use is Instacart. So they shop like the Costco and, um, things like that for us, and they deliver it. So we've been getting a lot of groceries and things delivered, and, we, and, and to, to this day, we still get all those deliveries. And do like your do your neighbors know that that you guys are under quarantine? I think so, only because they're getting the same emails from our school district that we are. And um, I guess the 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 grapevine is uh, is a loose one. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, I think my I think my wife said. When the kids were outside, we've got a trampoline, and the kids were jumping on the trampoline. She said that the uh, the neighbors across the street were were just kind of staring at them uh, more more than normal. So I I think that it's it's a pretty well known thing. Do you do you feel like in your household is there much anxiety right now, or is it pretty mellow? It's pretty mellow. You know, just today the um, the county imposed a state of emergency, which meant that which means now that the schools are going to be closed for at least two weeks, uh, which hadn't happened yet. We were, uh, we were awaiting the word from the school district as to whether they were going to close or not. 
but now that now that they are, the teachers are now beginning this distance learning, and they're um, sending out assignments. So we're we're starting to buckle down and get the kids on on some sort of a, a learning routine, making sure that they get some physical activity. They 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 all three go to a, a cheerleading gym, and they do competitive cheer. So we're making sure that they still get out to the trampoline and. Um, get the exercise and practicing that they need. So uh, I think the more we keep them busy, um, tire them out, and uh, the less people will be thinking about this situation in here. Yeah, and what what do you want people to take away from your story? Um, just that this is this is a easily contractable, and, but it's not something to freak out about. Um, as I said, it's not it's not a death sentence, at least not in my case, and I'm 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 feeling very lucky about that. But um, but logic would di- dictate that the sooner we all start staying home and out of crowds of people in stores and stuff, then the sooner this will all be able to go away. Um, but the more we the more we keep mingling around, you know, places like restaurants and uh, stores, then it's likely to be just prolonging uh, the the length of the virus. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, so one of the businesses I run is a treatment center in Los Angeles. And uh, we've started to have some clients who aren't willing to take the bus. And uh, so we're having to adapt and do telehealth from home because if we don't, you know, we have people who have major depressive disorders, anxiety disorders, and, uh, you know, substance abuse and drug addiction and, and kind of the cornerstone of, of someone struggling is uh, isolation. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, we're kind of trying to take any measure we can uh, so that folks can still get the help they need and viewing it as an opportunity that people could get well in their own home uh, because at the end of the day, they're going to be away from us and in their own home. I think... Right. Um, you know, everything in life is kind of either an obstacle or an opportunity. And um, it really sounds like, um, you know, you've used what's happened to you as an opportunity to uh, provide information. Um, you know firsthand because you're the one who was uh, affected and your family's also been affected. And I really appreciate you coming on the uh, podcast Um Anything else you want to maybe provide or say before we wrap? Uh, no, no. I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. It was, uh, it was so nice talking to you. You too, Matt. Thank you again for your bravery and, and not keeping it a secret um, because secrets keep more people sick and um, we all get health when we all get educated. So thank you. This is something that can provide a lot of relief to... Um, anxiety and uh, hopelessness that uh, there seems to be a lot of people feeling. So Yeah, well, that's amazing. Cool. That's that's it. So any other questions from you, Matt? Uh, no. No, thanks again. Thank you, buddy. All right. Take care. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to uh, today's episode of the Coach Mike Podcast. This episode hopefully informed you a little bit more about what's going on. Uh, I think there's this misperception uh, that somehow if you get infected, you end up becoming a zombie and knocking on people's doors and infecting others, when in reality is this is really about safety, keeping your family safe, you safe, 
getting the right information, using critical thinking, and also for your own peace of mind. You know, there's a lot of news, there's a lot of media out there, and in order to prevent yourself from getting overly anxious is, you know, don't turn on the news or check credible news sources that actually enhance or protect your life and look out for yourself and others. You know, as I mentioned to Matt, this is either an obstacle or an opportunity for growth. The obstacle is living in the problem, living in the chaos, complaining about everyone, you know, taking all the items in the stores and how crazy everyone's behaving. The opportunity is to take care of yourself, take care of others, take care of loved ones, be more generous than usual. You know, look out for people who maybe lost their jobs recently, who need some additional support. Be that doer of good deeds. Be that person that's selfless and safe while helping other people. And I guarantee you, you will get through this process even feeling better about yourself because you're contributing to this world and you're not just taking from it. We're all in this together. We all will get to the other side together. And till next week, thanks for listening.